For those who perhaps are visitors or maybe you weren't here last week, um, just to say we are, when it's um, our homegrown preachers, we've got a number of visitors coming and, and they're, they're doing whatever God bring, gives them to bring. But uh, those of us who are part of the church here, ah, if the children, are, have they already gone out? Okay, great, good. Um, we are doing a series on looking at the minor prophets. Okay, the minor prophets, or the 12 prophets, as, as they are called. And um, they are sort of a, some shorter prophecies that are given in the Bible. Um, generally at the end of the Old Testament, in, in, in our Old Testament. And they generally take place either before or during or just after the captivity to Babylon. So when the Israelites get taken captive, when God finally judges them for the, the, the ways that they've been living apart from him, not following after him, and he takes them into captivity to Babylon. You know, we know the old um, rivers of Babylon, you know, Boney M, you can remember that. Um, <laughs> um, and they get taken into captivity. But a lot of these, the minor prophets either take place before that and giving the warning or during or just after so um, when Gary spoke last week and was looking at Malachi, I think, uh, and it was after the captivity and they were coming back and they still hadn't learned their lessons. Um, so that, that's the context of, of, of where these readings come from. And in all of them, and I guess the whole of the Bible, really, there is an underlying theme of but God. We mess up, but God sets it straight. We pour tomato ketchup all over our white sheet, but God cleans it up, cleans us up. We don't deserve anything good, but God gives us his grace and his mercy and his kindness. So it's all really the whole underlying theme of these is saying, but God. So it's, it's if you like, an exploration into how God changes our circumstances for the good as seen through the minor prophets. And today I'm looking at the oracle of Habakkuk. And um, the underlying theme of Habakkuk, I think, is a familiar one, one that we've all grappled with um, at different times. Let me just switch this on and uh, hope that will work. Let's see. Is, that gonna, is it on the right setting here? That one? Try that one. No. It's on the mouse setting, is that right? On the screen setting? Screen setting? Okay. Yeah. Aha. Yes. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it's me. <laughs> Great. Um, okay, the theme really is one of questioning God in times of pain and difficulty. It's a question that we all grapple with and we still grapple with even now. It's the theme of why God? How God? When God? Why did you? Thanks, Steve. How will you? 
When will you? These are the themes of Habakkuk. And there cannot be, I think, anyone here who has not at some time and in some way asked God these or similar questions. Can you identify with that? When things are not going right and you're saying, God, why? When? I wonder, did God give an answer to you when that happened at that moment? Or was it only later on when you look back in hindsight and you see the answer that God gave you? And the good news, I think, of Habakkuk would seem to be, as we read it, and we will do in a moment, that our Heavenly Father does not mind us asking such questions. He doesn't think that it's impertinent of us to ask him these questions. And not only that, he even graciously answers such questions. He's not offended by it. It's not impertinent. It's not rude. God accepts that that's who we are. And he graciously answers such questions insofar, I guess, as our limited minds will be able to take in what his reply is. Sometimes the answers of God are too deep for us to understand, at least in this life. But he does answer. You know, there are times when we feel lost, hurt, confused, even disappointed by God. You know, if you feel disappointed by God, join the club. I think we've all felt that. We've all felt that at times, disappointed by God. God is not shaken by that, by the way. He's quite secure in himself. But God assures us that he does hear us and he does answer, even though the answer may be different from the one that we wanted. So let me just start by reading a little bit of Habakkuk. I'm just going to put that, because really that's going to sum up what we're going to read. It says, the prophecy or the oracle, in other words, give it the oracle, that Habakkuk the prophet received. How long, O Lord, must I call for help, but you do not listen? Or cry out to you, violence, but you do not save? Why do you make me look at injustice? Why do you tolerate wrong? Destruction and violence are before me. There is strife and conflict abounds. Therefore, the law is paralyzed and justice never prevails. The wicked hem in the righteous so that justice is perverted. How long? O Lord, must I call to you for help, but you do not listen. Now, the circumstances of Habakkuk's prayer may be different from ours. He was praying, as I say, in the context of the nation of Israel being far from God. And the things that God loves, 
which are righteousness, justice and peace, they were notably absent because of the depths of sin that the people had got into. Now, this may not be our particular cry to the Lord. We may not be crying about justice, righteousness. We may be praying about and crying out about personal hurts. But maybe, for example, you have known injustice, particularly, say, in the workplace. I guess that's an area where many of us, if there's going to be any problems with justice, it can be things like in the workplace. Wherever it might be, whatever the cry might be. The first two lines sum up the overriding concern. How long, Lord, must I call for help, but you do not listen? As I've said, the whole theme of this, these sets of talks is but God. And, you know, sometimes our take on but God is but God does not listen. That can be the, that can be the but God that we make. But God does not listen. But God does listen. And here we see God listening and answering. Let's just read a few more verses. The Lord says this. Look at the nations and watch and be utterly amazed. For I am going to do something in your days that you would not believe even if you were told. I am raising up the Babylonians. That goes on from there. You can read it yourself in Habakkuk. But what God is saying is, basically, he is going to use the Babylonians to punish Israel for all of its sins that Habakkuk has just been lamenting about. He's going to raise up the Babylonians to come in and bring judgment. Habakkuk's saying, Lord, this is wrong. Why are things like this? When is it going to change? And God's saying, I've got a plan. I'm going to bring in the Babylonians. Now, if you wanted to catch a sense of how incredible this response was to Habakkuk, I guess it would be a bit like us lamenting the fact that people were not turning to Jesus, that the world out there was not coming to Jesus. Lord, why do they not respond? Why are they not coming to you? Why do they not respond when we tell them about you? And that God would turn around and say something like, watch and be amazed. I'm going to use the Jehovah's Witnesses to win the lost. Can you imagine that? Because we would say, but Lord, they're not even Christians. They don't preach Jesus as Savior and Lord. They deny that Jesus is co-equal with God the Father. You're making a big mistake, God. That is, if you like, a sense of the amazement of Habakkuk, that God says he's going to use the Babylonians to sort out the situation. By the way, what I said about Jehovah's was that's not a prophetic word. Don't, don't, don't worry. Okay. Just, I'm just using it as an illustration. Okay. 
we'd say, God, you're making a big mistake. And Habakkuk says pretty much the same thing. If we just read on a bit, it says, he says this. Lord, you, Lord, have appointed them to execute judgment. You, my rock, have ordained them to punish. The emphasis is my emphasis, but I think that probably was his emphasis as well. Your eyes are too pure to look on evil. You cannot tolerate wrongdoing. Why then do you tolerate the treacherous? Why are you silent while the wicked swallow up those more righteous than themselves? Habakkuk's complaint was, well, yeah, we're bad, God. I'm, I'm, I'm saying to you, we're bad. We're, you know, I'm moaning about the fact we're so bad, but they're worse. They're worse. How can you use them? You know, you're using them to judge us. They're far worse than we are. That's the sense of the amazement that Habakkuk is bringing to God's answer to his prayer. God answered his prayer. He said, I'm going to bring the Babylonians. Wasn't the answer he wanted. It's interesting, a bit of a aside here, though. Can I just say that there is in there something for us as in this world today. How can you use those more righteous? And in that, it gives away a lack of understanding of Habakkuk that graciously God has given to us, that our righteousness is not our righteousness. You know, we as people, a lot of the world out there, their understanding is, if they have any faith in God at all, for many, it will be a faith that says, if I'm good enough, God will accept me. They have an understanding. If I put all my good deeds and all my bad deeds on a balance, and if my good deeds outweigh my bad deeds, I'll be okay. And the truth is, of course, it's not about our good deeds. It is about Jesus and his good deeds, if you like. Our good deeds are never good enough. It's not in a balance. It's all or nothing. It's all goodness or not, not nothing at all. And we know that we're not all goodness. So we never make that standard. So in here we see that same issue that people have today. People believe that they can be ranked in terms of their righteousness. Well, I'm, you know, I'm not as good as Mother Teresa, but, you know, I'm better than Donald Trump. Um, you know, we, we kind of have our, you know, our levels, don't we? And of course, it's all nonsense. The only one righteous is Jesus and you and me. And we're righteous because of him, not because of us, but we are righteous. We have, as Steve said earlier, a clean sheet, brilliant white, all the stains removed. That's who we are. We're righteous, but it's not our righteousness. It's his. Now, that's a bit of an aside, but I think it's an important one. And, we, you know, it's good to just see that happening. You know, the Lord graciously hears Habakkuk's complaint and graciously 
gives him an answer. And it's gone off, so I'm just going to switch it on again. Okay, yep. Aha, done it again. Keep me away from technology, Steve. Um, I'm pressing the right arrow. Hello. Ah. Can you move it on, Mum? Will it move on? Is it frozen there? Aha. Okay. Right. Then the Lord replied, and I'm going to read the scripture first, but then I'm going to come back to a bit at a time. Write down the revelation and make it plain on tablets so that a herald may run with it. The first answer given to Habakkuk is the same answer that's given to us. Firstly, the first thing that we can say about the answer from God is that it's simple. It's not complicated. It says make it plain on tablets. Then say make it complicated. It says make it plain on tablets so that a herald may run with it. If God gives us anything to take to people to help them with their problems, it's simple. Okay, it's not complicated. The second thing is, it says this, for the revelation awaits an appointed time. It speaks of the end and it will not prove false. Though it linger, wait for it. It will certainly come and will not delay. So the second thing we can say about the answer that God gives is that at times it seems like it isn't coming. But don't worry, it is coming. It awaits an appointed time. Though it linger, wait for it. It will certainly come. It will not delay. That's God's promise to us. When we pray, when we're looking to him, he will answer. It might seem that we're kept waiting. He will do it in his time. But it will come. And thirdly, all right, the answer is this. If you read, it says, see, the enemy is puffed up. His desires are not upright, but the righteous person will live by his faithfulness. So thirdly, although we look around us and we see problems and we have questions that sometimes shake us to our very core, the answer is faith and faithfulness. A more common reading of that verse that many will know is the righteous shall live by faith. The righteous shall live by faith. So when we are struggling with things and we're waiting on an answer from God, he will answer 
it might be delayed according to our understanding of things, but it will come and we have to continue in faith and faithfulness. The Babylonians placed their confidence in their military might. They were puffed up. They had, they, they worshipped all, they actually worshipped their weapons of war. They were so caught up with how brilliant they were at warfare. They loved their own tactical strategies of how they were going to win battles. They loved themselves. They thought they were great. But ultimately, God says, and if we read on, that one day they would be judged and they would be brought low. But in the meantime, God was going to use them. But we are to place our confidence simply and quietly in the one who loves us and gave himself for us. That is in Jesus through faith in his name, faith in his love for us, faith in his great power and might. We have faith in all of those things. That means that we are held by one who is unbeatable, unshakable, but unfathomable. He's unbeatable. He's unshakable. He's also, from our perspective at times, unfathomable. We can't make him out. We are saved by grace through Faith. As I said earlier, it's not about our goodness. It's all about the grace of God that comes to us and makes us righteous. Let's see. Okay, come to that in a moment. Good. Gary, you know, was absolutely right last week when he said that the real but God is ultimately the saving work of Jesus on the cross. That is the but God. Of it all. Jesus on the cross, dying for our sins, giving us his life so that we might live eternally with him. And ultimately, I guess all prophecy points to the work of Jesus. Work that he's done, work that he is yet to do, but all prophecy, I guess, points to Jesus. We find Twists and turns in the road of life. You notice that? You notice that your road, your life doesn't go along a straight line? It kind of goes off on detours that you didn't want it to go off on. Has a habit of doing that. And when that happens, we find ourselves asking God, why don't you listen? But God does listen. We find ourselves asking, how God? But God does answer. We find ourselves asking, when God? But God does it in his time. Very annoying. God does it in his time. We find ourselves asking, why God? 
But God answers in his way, not ours. He does answer. He does hear. He does it in his time. He does it in his way. And that's the message of Habakkuk to answer uh, to us. That's the message of Habakkuk to us. You know, we can be honest to God. We can ask why we can express hurt. But God is gracious. He hears us and he answers us. Isn't that a wonderful God? Isn't he wonderful? He's the he's the Lord of the universe. Who are we to even question him? But he lets he doesn't he's not phased. He understands us. He understands our hurts. When we say, Why God? God, I'm disappointed. God, I'm hurt. He understands. And he graciously gives us an answer. Does it in his way, in his time, but he does answer. God ends his reply to Habakkuk with what might be a rebuke. But I prefer to see it as a statement of certainty and something to place our confidence in. I'll go back from that one, sorry. He says this. The Lord is in his holy temple. Let all the earth be silent before him. At the end of all of this, everything that that God is going to do, he says, the Lord is in his holy temple. Let all the earth be silent before him. Now, this could just mean shut up and don't question my decision. But I don't think it does mean that. I think it means. For us as believers, the Lord says, I've got it sorted. Don't keep going on about it. Just sit quietly and wait and see what I will do. I've got it sorted. Don't go on about it. Sit quietly and wait and see what I will do. The Lord is in his holy temple. Let all the earth be silent before him. Let's wait and see what God will do. And then finally, Almost as an addition to the revelation that Habakkuk received, that's in chapters one and two of Habakkuk, the third and last chapter, it contains, it's like a psalm of response to God. It's, it's written in psalm language. It's, it's called a, I don't know if I can pronounce it, a shigianoff. And you'll see a shigianoff back in the psalms as well. I don't know if that's how it's pronounced, but anyway, that's how, that's how it reads. It is a psalm. And in that psalm, there's a prayer of response. There's a declaration, and there's a declaration of, sorry, there's a prayer response, and there's a declaration of faith response. A prayer response, and a declaration of faith response. The prayer says what we'd like to ask the Lord for, And the declaration says, even though things may look bad, yet we will continue to trust in the Lord and wait for him to act. That's what the declaration says. Even though things look bad, Lord, 
I am going to trust in you. I'm going to wait for you to act. Uh, these may be well-known verses, actually, for some of you, and there's been various uh, songs written around them. But if you feel able to, and if you feel that actually for you this is a relevant moment, that you are struggling with things, you're struggling with unanswered prayer, you're waiting on God and you're thinking, God, when? Why? How are you ever going to sort this out, God? If that's you, and if you feel able to, I'm, we're, go- I'm going to read, we're going to read these responses together. Okay? That's all I'm going to ask you to do. So if you want to do that, you can stand with me. And we're going to read these responses together. Okay. And the response is this. Let's say it together. Lord, I have heard of your fame. I stand in awe of your deeds, Lord. Repeat them in our day and in our time. Make them known. In wrath, remember mercy. Let's just read that again. Lord, I have heard of your fame. I stand in awe of your deeds, Lord. Repeat them in our day and in our time. Make them known. In wrath, remember mercy. Isn't that your prayer? The great things that you read about in the Bible of what God does. Do you not want God? Do you not say, God, do them today. Let's see them today. And then what I'm going to do now, I'm going to read um, this. The 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 declaration is in is in two halves, and we're going to. I'm going to say the first half, and you're going to respond with the second half. So. I'm going to read a statement and then you're going to read, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. And then I'm going to read a statement and you're going to read, I will be joyful in God my Saviour. And then I'm going to read a statement and you're going to say, the Sovereign Lord is my strength. Do you get the idea? So it's kind of like, I'm saying one thing and you're, you're, you're replying with me the other. Okay. Though the fig tree does not bud, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. And there are no grapes. On the vine, I will be joyful in God, my Savior. Though the olive crop fails, the sovereign Lord is my strength. And the fields produce no food. He makes my feet like the feet of a deer. Though there are no sheep, In the sheepfold, he enables me to tread on the heights. And I'm going to make one more statement and then we can read all of that through from top to bottom. And there are no cattle in the stalls. Yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will be joyful in God, my Savior. The sovereign Lord is my strength. He makes my feet like the feet of a deer. He enables me to tread on the heights. Amen. Amen. Rachel, let's just continue 
in worshipping the Lord. If there are any things that you are particularly going through at the moment and you want to be prayed for, then come and let me know or let someone know and we will pray with you. If there are any things where there are hurts and things that you want to work through and want someone to pray with you, we will do that. Okay, let's respond in.